Amen. Good morning. How is everyone? Good. Kids, are you guys here? All right. Yes, I, am, I have been looking forward to this Sunday very much, and that's because just a conviction of mine that I don't want every single Sunday here at Grace Hill to be one where families walk in the door and then go all different directions. And some kids are over here, other people over here, youth are upstairs, adults are in here. And there's a definitely a purpose, and it's good to be able to have teaching that's age-appropriate and all of that. But we want to have Sundays every once in a while where we just all come together to worship. And so that's why we're going to do this. So, so parents, uh, kids have energy, and they need to make noises, and they need to fidget, and that's totally fine, all right? So just let them go. It's okay. We're all in here, and I'm just very excited for this. Um, and kids, actually everybody, but if you'll look, we provided for you a little note sheet, all right? And so here's my challenge for you. You've got a bunch of fill in the blanks on this note sheet. My challenge is, can you get all of them, adults, you're included in this challenge too, as we go through the sermon, all right? And it'll be very obvious when it's time to fill in um, a blank. So you can get that out and do that. But what are we about to do? What we're about to do is we're gonna take this book this is the Bible, we're gonna open it, we're gonna read from it, and we're gonna ask God, what are you trying to tell us and how should we live our lives in response? James 1.22 says, don't just listen to God's word, but do what it says, do what it says. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna talk for about 20 minutes, all right? Most of your TV shows are 20 minutes long or less, all right, or more actually. So you guys can hang, all right? So I want you to hang with me. I want you to try to listen to what we're saying, read the Bible with us, and hang in there and get, make sure you get all of your worksheet answers. So why don't you guys go ahead right now, you can put today's date on your note sheet, and you can put the scripture. I think we have it on the screen, there it is. Today's date uh, and the scripture. This is what we're gonna be reading from, from the Bible. Now one more thing. Before we get started, uh, adults, you know, what I'm gonna be doing today for the next 20 minutes is I'm gonna be teaching us from the word of God at a level that I hope all of us in this room can understand. And so I wanna exhort all of us as adults with some of Jesus' words. This is Mark 10, 15. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child cannot enter it. And so let's not fall into the fallacy that what we're learning about today is too simple for us. Because as I was studying and as I was preparing for this Sunday, one of the things that I realized is, wow, this is challenging for me. And I think this is gonna be an encouraging and challenging message for every one of us, okay? Y'all ready? All right, so the Gospel of Luke, that's what we've been studying. That's the third book in the New Testament. So if you have a Bible, you can open to the Gospel of Luke. You have some time to get there. We're also gonna put the words very big on the screen behind me so you can also read along from there. And we're gonna be in Luke chapter three, verses seven to 14. Now, before we read from Luke, I wanna tell you about one of my best friends growing up. Uh, his name was Caleb. Caleb and I became best friends probably in the seventh grade and remained, were great friends 
uh, to this day, now that we're both married and have kids of our own. Now, when we were growing up, most people would describe Caleb as crazy. Yeah, you know, he was one of those kids who just had a lot of energy and he was loud and he ran around everywhere. And that's how a lot of people described him. You know, kids, maybe some people have described you as you have a lot of energy, all right? I have kids with lots of energy, all right? But the other thing about Caleb was he didn't get very good grades in school. School was very difficult for him. He, he struggled in school, so it was hard for him to be in school. So a lot of people saw Caleb as somebody who was crazy, lots of energy, and didn't do that well in school. Now, I was different. I was pretty calm, quiet kid growing up for, uh, well, by the time I hit middle school, I was. Before that, not really. Uh, and I also got pretty decent grades in school. Not a straight A student, but pretty decent grades in school. So even though Caleb and I were best friends, a lot of people saw us as different. But the truth is, growing up, and as I look back on that time, I realized that I really looked up to Caleb. And I always wanted to be like Caleb because Caleb had something that I think is pretty uncommon in the world today. Caleb had compassion. He was someone who lived and had compassion. Do you know what compassion means? Um, to, what, what does it mean to be compassionate towards someone? This is on your worksheet. This is gonna be your first blank, all right? So let's put it up there. Number one, write down compassion. And this is compassion. Compassion is noticing when other people have a need and taking action to meet that need, even if it costs you something. That's compassion. Noticing that someone has a need, taking action to meet that need, even if it costs you Something And so here's some ways that I saw Caleb have compassion. If Caleb ever saw somebody on the side of the road who was homeless and needed help and was asking for help, Caleb, without fail, every single time helped that person. He saw the need, he took action to meet the need, even if it cost him his time, his money, whatever it was, he always helped. Uh, when we were in school, if there was a kid who was being made fun of by other kids or bullied by other kids, Caleb would always befriend that kid and defend them every single time. He didn't care what all the other kids thought. He saw a need. He took action to meet that need, even if it cost him something. There are many times that I watched Caleb intentionally become friends with kids at school who had mental or physical disabilities. He just had such a heart for these kids and wanted to be their friend. He didn't see them through their disability. He saw them for the amazing person that they were. In fact, that's what Caleb does today for a career, is he serves people with mental and physical disabilities. He saw needs, he took action to meet that need. And growing up, I watched Caleb live this way and it had a big impact on me. Now, the reason I bring this up is because as we read the Bible together in just a few minutes, we're gonna read about compassion. And, and here's what I hope all of us will leave here today 
thinking and what we have learned, okay? So this is the next thing on your worksheet, all right? Number two on your worksheet, here it is. I need God, all right? So that's your first word there. I need God to be compassionate towards me. And when I receive God's compassion, it makes me more, there's your next word, compassionate towards others. That's what I hope we learn today. That what we all need is God to be compassionate to us. And when we receive that, it makes us more compassionate to others. And that's what we're gonna talk about. No matter who you are this morning, if you're a child, if you're a teenager, if you're an adult in this room, I hope we all leave here today encouraged and challenged by this. Okay, so let's get into the gospel of Luke together. Now, before we read it, let me remind all of us of where we are in the gospel of Luke, because we're in chapter three. We've been studying this for several weeks. And so if you are here last week, we read about a guy named John the Baptist. Now, John the Baptist is a prophet sent by God to tell everyone in Israel at that time that Jesus had come, that he, he had arrived, and that all of them needed to prepare themselves for Jesus' arrival. And so John told everyone that the way they needed to prepare themselves was by being baptized as a sign of repentance and as a way of asking God for forgiveness from their sin. So, so let me explain this in a way that hopefully we can all understand. John the Baptist was saying that we all have a need, all right? Our need is God's compassion, all right? We have sinned against God. We have not obeyed God's word. And so we need God to forgive us. There's number three on your worksheet. I need forgiveness from God. That's a need of ours. And so we need God to see our need and we need God to take action to meet our need. And John the Baptist is saying that we need to confess to God that we have this need. We need to say to God, God, I need your forgiveness. And that there's nothing that I can do to, to meet this need on my own. God, I need you to be compassionate towards me. And, and that's how we prepare ourselves for Jesus coming. That's what John the Baptist was saying, okay? So we're gonna jump into our text, Luke chapter three, and what we're gonna see here is how all the people responded to John the Baptist saying this. So we're gonna read uh, Luke three, verses seven to nine. Let's, I'm gonna read it off the screen for us, and I'm gonna read from the New Living Translation this morning. So just verses seven to nine, it says this. When the crowds came to John the Baptist, for baptism, John said, you brood of snakes, who warned you to flee God's coming wrath? Verse eight, prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe for we are descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. Verse nine, even now the ax of God's judgment is poised, ready to sever the roots of the trees. Yes, every tree that does not produce good fruit will be chopped down and thrown into the fire. Woo, that's an intense passage. 
You know, this is, we're studying the gospel. And you know what we do? We go verse by verse. And so we just go to the next passage and we go, what does this mean for us? So here's the question. Why did John the Baptist call all these people a brood of snakes? That seems unkind. What was he saying? He seems to be very upset here. Well, it's interesting here because John knows something about all these people who are coming to him to be baptized. Look at what he said in verse eight again. I just want you to see verse eight one more time. He says this, prove by the way you live that you've repented of your sins and turned to God. Don't just say to each other, we're safe for we're descendants of Abraham. That means nothing. For I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. See, many of the people that were coming to John at that time, they thought they had a good relationship with God because they were descendants of Abraham, right? So their great, 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 great grandfather, something like that, was Abraham. And they thought because of that, they had a good relationship with God. And so these people came to John. They didn't think they needed forgiveness from God. They didn't think they needed compassion from God because they were already good with God because they were descendants of Abraham. And John is telling them, hey, that's not true. That if they really believed if, in God, if they really had faith in God, if they really knew that they needed compassion and forgiveness from God, it would actually change the way they live their lives. Let me ask you a question. If you take an apple and you eat your apple all the way down to the core, what are you gonna find in the middle of it? Seeds, that's right. Now, what will happen if I take those seeds and I put them in the ground and water it a little bit and wait a really long time? A tree will grow? An apple tree will grow. Well, how do you know it's gonna be an apple tree and not a peach tree? Because they are apple seeds. You guys are very smart. You pay attention in school. See, all right, here's what John is saying. John is saying, what you believe about God, it's like a seed, okay? What you believe about God, it's like a seed. And the way we live our lives is like the fruit that comes from that seed, all right? So this is your worksheet. All right, number four and number five. So here's number four. What I believe about God is the seed. Write that in your sheet. The seed. And number five, the way I live my life is the fruit. Number five is fruit. Number four is seed and number five is fruit. So like these people who are coming to John, if I believe I do not need compassion from God, that's a seed. And what kind of fruit is that seed going to produce? Yeah, not an apple. Well, the, the Bible says it's going to produce bad fruit in the way I live my life. But if I truly believe, God, I need your compassion. I need your forgiveness. Well, that's a seed as well. And that seed is going to produce good fruit in the way that I live my life. Just like an apple seed produces apples, what you believe about God produces certain kinds of fruit in the way that you live your life. So if you're like me, you might be wondering, what does good fruit look like? What, what does it look like? Well, let's, let's continue reading in our scripture. So we're gonna read verses 10 to 14. What does John say? Verse 10, the crowds ask, what should we do? Well, what does good fruit look like, John? Well, here we go, verse 11. John replied, 
If you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Even corrupt tax collectors came to be baptized and asked, teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do, asked some soldiers. John replied, don't extort money or make false accusations and be content with your pay. In other words, good fruit looks like having compassion on others, not abusing others to get something that I want. John is saying that if you truly believe that you need compassion from God, if that is the seed inside of your heart, then you will be compassionate towards others. That will be the fruit displayed in your life. You cannot ask God for, to give you something that you're unwilling to give to others. Think about that. Adults, let's think about that one too. Can I ask God, God, I need your forgiveness and compassion and I need you to bless my life. We can't ask God for that and then refuse to give that to others. Brothers and sisters, we have a compassionate God. We worship a compassionate God. We have sinned against God. We have not always followed his word and that means we deserve punishment from God, but he's compassionate. He knows that we need forgiveness and his grace. So he has taken action. He's seen our need. He's taken action to meet our need through sending his son, Jesus. And Jesus has met our need at his own expense by giving himself on the cross, by taking our punishment that we should get. This is your next uh, line in your workbook, number six. Jesus has met my need by giving, here it is, himself on the cross. Jesus has met my need by giving himself on the cross. Jesus took our punishment that we deserve on himself so we would not have to face it. And therefore, God has forgiven us of our sin. As my five-year-old son says, Leland, what Jesus does, he takes the bad guys and he turns them into good guys. And that's really good theology. But if we want this to be true about us, we have to believe in our need for God's compassion and we have to receive the compassion. We have to say, God, I need forgiveness from you. If we don't know that we have that need, how can we go to God and, and receive it from him? We need to plant that seed in our heart that says, God, I can't escape your judgment. I need forgiveness, I need compassion. And that seed will take root and produce a certain kind of fruit in your life. See, uh, many of the people who came to John didn't believe they needed compassion from God. They didn't think they needed compassion. They're like, I belong to Abraham. I don't need God's compassion. And what kind of fruit did that produce? Well, Based on what we read in the Bible, it seems like it would go something like this. You have someone walking down the road. It's cold outside. He has a large winter coat on, and he has another large winter coat on his arm. It's an extra one. He doesn't need it, and he's walking down the road, and he sees someone in need who's cold, only wearing a T-shirt. They have nowhere to go. They're freezing, and they walk past the person. It doesn't even enter their minds to help. 
Or maybe you have a pantry full of food and you know someone who's starving and hungry and it doesn't even come to your mind to offer some of the food that you have. See, the fruit that was produced by those who didn't believe they needed God's compassion was they had no compassion on others. They didn't even see others' needs. But for those who did realize their need for forgiveness from God, and they received God's compassion through Jesus, it opens their eyes and their hearts to the needs of others. And it gives you a desire to meet those needs because God has done that for us. But it's really important we understand something here. Here, It's this, that we realize that, that being compassionate to others is not what earns us God's compassion. It's our response to receiving God's compassion. This is actually in your worksheet as well. This is number seven. Number seven here, being compassionate towards others does not earn, there's the first word, does not earn me God's compassion. It is my response, there's your second word to it. Being compassionate towards others does not earn me God's compassion. It is my response to it. That's why those who truly believe in Jesus are those who don't deserve God's compassion, but those who have joyfully received God's compassion. And that has produced a life of loving and serving others. And so here's the deal. As we close, I wanna give you two questions to think about. If you look at your worksheet here, there are two questions for discussion. Uh, Maybe these are questions to talk about over lunch today, if you go out to lunch or lunch at home. Maybe you could talk about these in the car. Maybe these are questions to talk about in your community group this week. Uh, If you're here and you don't have children, these are questions for you too. These are questions for all of us to think about this week. And I put them on your worksheet. Here's the first one. What does the fruit of my life say about what I believe about God? What does the fruit of my life say about what I believe about God? Am I a compassionate person? Do I notice the needs of others? Am I willing to meet needs of others, even if it costs me something like my time or my money, or if it's inconvenient for me? What are ways that I can be more compassionate to others? What does the fruit of my life say about what I believe about God? Because remember, What I believe about God is a seed and the way I live my life is the fruit. And here's the second question. How has God been compassionate towards me? How has God been compassionate towards me? And this is a really important question because we grow in our compassion of others the more that we realize our need for God to be compassionate towards us. And so this is a a time for us to rehearse the truth of the gospel and to make sure, do I believe this? Do I know this? So here are two discussion questions for you to take. And I hope that you'll take some intentional time today or this week to think about these questions and encourage each other with the truth of the gospel and also challenge each other about ways that we can show the love of God to others because we have received that love from God and he has been compassionate towards us. Let me pray for us. God, I'm just so thankful uh, for your word and how it teaches us and how it instructs us. 
And God, it can be very easy for us to ask you for your compassion and your forgiveness, but to, to not feel like that we need to extend that same compassion to others. God, I pray that we would be a church body that displays the love of Jesus by the way that we love and treat other people. I pray for all the families in the room that God, they would love each other with the love that they have received from you. God, I pray that these kids would grow up knowing who you are, not just because their parents have spoken the gospel to them, but they watch the gospel live out and how their parents love each other. God, would you make that a, a, a reality in our church for our kids? That they just wouldn't hear the gospel, but they would see it in the way we love one another in this room. So God, make us compassionate people. And God, we wanna sing of the compassion that you have showed us. We love you, God. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.